an engaged workforce is a workforce that is making wise and compassionate decisions. It's a workforce that is aware that their worldview isn't the only worldview. It's a workforce that can find win-win solutions with opposing opinions in the room. There's some examples. And every example I just gave you are skills of spiritual intelligence and SQ for the workplace. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have Amy Lynn Durham. Amy is the CEO of Create Magic at Work and a UC Berkeley certified executive coach. She's certified to coach in the 21 skills associated with spiritual intelligence. Many of you may have heard of EQ or emotional intelligence, and we dive into both of those today. Amy spent years in the corporate world successfully managing hundreds of employees for private and publicly traded companies. She's an expert in building positive company cultures, and she designed Create Magic at Work in order to bring a variety of services and strategies to aid in cultivating teamwork and harmony in order to improve profits, which we all want, and employee morale. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Amy Lynn Durham. Have you ever tried online marketing before and weren't sure if it was working? Maybe your rep talked about all the impressive features and stats and said things were going great, but you didn't know how all that tied into raw new policies written. Well, that's not the case with DirectClicks. DirectClicks is the premier Google ads and SEO option exclusively for State Farm agents. Why? They're 100% resource-oriented with an exclusivity guarantee. Every review call you have with your account manager focuses on what really matters to your business, and that's leads and call-ins received. Everything will get broken down to cost per lead received. By investing with direct clicks, you're going to free up time and energy to focus on what's most important in your agency and doing what it is you do best. This will be the best investment you make for your team by spending confidently and scaling your agency today with exclusive online marketing partner, DirectClicks. Visit us at directclicksinc.com. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. And Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve Chairman Circle, Exotic Travel, and Multi-Line Presence Club and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level and his strategies work and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. 
Amy Lynn Durham, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to share some magic with everyone today. <laughs> excited to have you. So I always start with background and origin story. I think it's fascinating to hear people's origin stories. So how did you get to where you are today? It was definitely not a straight line. <laughs> it was definitely a roller coaster for sure. I have a background in executive leadership. I have worked for a private and publicly traded companies. At my peak, I operated 90 retail locations in the Northern California, Silicon Valley, Bay Area, down to Central California. And I had a little over 400 employees at the time. I think we were operating about $38 million a year at that point. And it was a really intense job to answer to the shareholders, exceed sales expectations, handle the HR with all of the employees, recruit, retain top talent, all of those things. And as I was working towards the end of that, I didn't know it at the time that it was the end, but I was started to realize that when I connected my employees in a real authentic way, and they saw the humanity in each other, that my productivity and my profitability actually increased and it made my job easier. <laughs> and then during that time, I really started feeling like I was stifled, like my creativity was being stifled in the workplace because I wanted to do things like these new discoveries I was making with my team. And I wanted to do them more at the same time I was inundated with Excel spreadsheets, profit and loss statements, lots of things that didn't involve connecting with each other. And so I made a plan to leave my job. And the plan was to leave on top. So it could never be said, oh, she left because she couldn't hack it. The other part of the plan was to utilize these activities and leave my employees much better than maybe when they started with me, hopefully. And so I did a lot of these emotional intelligence, skill building activities with them and also spiritual intelligence, SQ. And then I left my job and I put all the activities in my book. Yeah, I'm a big sports fan for all the listeners that know that, and in particular, college athletics. And there are times in either teams I've been a part of from an athletic perspective or watching some of the teams that I support have these years where you just kind of can see everything comes together. And then there's other times where you can tell that they have just as much talent, and in some cases, more talent than the other teams. But there isn't magic there. There isn't some secret sauce. And so you talk about creating magic at work. Can you just kind of unpack that for us? And what do you mean by that? And how do we go through an intentional process to create that in our workplaces? So it's igniting authentic connection in the workplace, really. And what does that mean? It's deep. And it takes a lot of inner work as a leader you have to take a look at yourself. And if you're the leader of a team, start with you and be vulnerable and courageous to do that. That's where the real change is going to happen. As a leader, however you operate is going to ripple out to your entire organization. There's actual scientific data that shows that if you're operating from a space, from whatever energetic space you're operating from, multiply that by 10 mm. with your team. And that's how they're going to behave. The power position that you're in is a privilege and you have to take that seriously and do the inner work for that. So what I did with Create Magic at Work was 
I have the deep inner work with the executive coaching. That was the journey I went on when I left my corporate executive job. I became an executive coach. And then I have the fun stuff, which is the magic activities <laughs> that you can do with your team and with your employees that gets them excited, but also they can see the humanity within each other. When you talk about some teams, oh, we just don't see the spark there. Or we don't see the connection there, not hitting on all cylinders together, whatever. I would ask the leader, what are you doing to pinpoint the unique skills with the individuals on your team? Because oftentimes I've seen with leaders where they just want to replace the individuals that maybe aren't performing in the way they would like. Oh, we'll just get someone else. We're not doing well because so-and-so is not pulling their weight. What have you done to pinpoint their unique skills? And I would challenge you to take a look at that. It's really eye-opening once you get to really know your team and look for the cool skills that they can bring to the table. I made some great discoveries when I started doing that. Discovering the quietest person in the meeting was actually one of the smartest and encouraging them to speak up more because they weren't sharing as often as they should and they needed a voice. Just as an example. I think what you mentioned there is so true and resonates with so many people about, well, this is not working or your performance is not where it needs to be. And so therefore, you're just not the right fit for the team. And so let's get somebody else in. And we all know that there are times that you do need to replace a team member where it's not the actual right fit. But do you believe oftentimes the leader, the owner, the founder has not done the work both on themselves and to cultivate bringing out the unique skills of that individual first before actually defaulting to making a change? Yes, I definitely agree because I've seen it where they feel it's easier to replace someone rather than do the vulnerable thing, which is have some connection, have some connecting moments where you have a conversation where, that you might uncover gifts or skills that an individual might have. And really, Bradley, it's because of the systems that we've been placed in. It's not just a leader's fault that might be operating that way. I don't want to take away their culpability in any way. However, we are placed in systems that often favor unhealthy competitiveness, answering to money over everything, even humanity. And we still have to rise above that if we have a leadership title and try to operate from that servant leadership space. I talk a lot about servant leadership in my work. So just to dial it out even more, I ask all my clients what servant leadership means to them. I heard your episode before this, you had a guest talking about servant leadership. And often the answer that I get is, what does servant leadership mean to you? Well, it means I take care of my customers. I take care of my employees. If I'm a leader, I'm customer service for my team. They can call me. Those are some common answers I get. What I'd like to start hearing is us taking it a step further. Can we live with the paradox that our life is extremely profound and important and also a tiny piece of the history of the universe? And can we make leadership decisions from that space? Can we start making business decisions that where we think about the ripple effect that we have on our communities, on the planet, and on humanity? I think when you think about it from that perspective, you begin to remove some of the 
emotional ups and downs that we tend to make decisions based off of because we're having a good day or a bad day. I'll be totally vulnerable here. I'm recording this at the towards the end of November of 2021. I don't have a lot of bad days. Yesterday was a really bad day for me. And there wasn't a single reason I was having a bad day. There was nothing that happened in my life or in that day or in that morning that I could go back to and say, well, this happened was in an auto accident or I got some bad health news. There was nothing like that. I was just in a bad mood and had no reason for it. And so I ended up this morning calling some people that I was kind of around and said, hey, you probably could sense yesterday I was a little irritable. Luckily, I didn't do anything that specifically I had to overly apologize for, except for saying, hey, I was in a really bad mood yesterday. And I just want you to know that I apologize for that. And they could say, yeah, we could tell something was off. That's not normal for me to be that way. The reason I give this example is to say, if I had been making some big decisions yesterday regarding team members or regarding the direction of the company, I would have been coming at it from a really, really bad place. And it probably would have not been a very good decision. Can you just speak to sometimes us making decisions in those emotional states? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the EQ, the emotional intelligence space, right? And then also often when clients come to me and they describe what you just described to me, we get into a conversation surrounding how do I separate my ego from that place within me that comes from compassion and wisdom and understanding, which in SQ, spiritual intelligence, it's faith neutral, it's for the workplace, we call it your higher self. So how do you recognize when your ego is in the driver's seat? And then how do you tell your ego to take a seat and get yourself back to operating from your higher self, that place of wisdom, compassion, and love from within? And emotional intelligence, there's three steps that I teach. One is the self-awareness. So yesterday you exercise some self-awareness like, hey, I'm grouchy or I'm angsty or I'm irritable. And I don't know why, but I just am. So there's some self-awareness. The next step would be an emotional management strategy with that. So recognition. Now what works for me when my ego is triggered? Do I do deep breathing? Do I go punch a punching bag. Sometimes you just got to shake that energy off physically, right? Each it's different for each client. So it would be tailored for them coming up with an emotional management strategy. And then the final piece would be for EQ would be building connections. That's when you're skill building an EQ, which you did there towards the end, you reached back out, you built the bridge. And I always say, recognize, repair, recover. So you recognize, you repaired, you recovered. You reached out, hey, I was a little bit irritable yesterday. You built a connection, you named what happened and you acknowledged it with your team. So how can we have some radical self-forgiveness too and then just try to do better next time? I love that. That's fantastic. I love the three steps, emotional management strategy. And I really like that too, about what was it specifically that was going to get me kind of out of that. I had not thought through that except for, well, I just need to go to sleep. I mean, I just need to go to sleep and wake up into a better day. And today has been a much better day. Do people recognize your agency brand? More importantly, do people care about your brand? At Relevant Marketing Solutions, we partner with you to clarify your message and deliver it through multiple marketing channels, creating a brand that inspires. With over 10 years experience working with insurance agencies, our team can help your agency not only get noticed, but start cultivating brand champions. 
from creating a logo to putting it on a coffee mug, we are your one-stop shop for all things marketing. We can even produce a video of you drinking out of your cool new mug. Visit us at relevantadvantage.com to learn more. And if you're a state farm agent, you can also find us at sfagentpromos.com and be sure to enter Club Capital at checkout for a special discount. That's Club Capital, lowercase and no spaces at checkout for a special discount. Relevant Marketing Solutions, helping you cultivate brand champions. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents, so we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top-performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. We often get the term improving employee engagement or improving our team members' engagement. Number one, what does that mean specifically? Like break that down and like tactically and so we can, instead of this big word of what is improvement, it's almost like uh, it's hard to put our hands around what employee engagement actually means. And then how do we really actually do that in our workplaces, in our businesses? Sure. So a couple of just data points just to kick off before we dive into what employee engagement means, I guess. Companies with high employee engagement are 21% more profitable. Also, a recent Gallup study showed that highly engaged workplaces see 41% less absenteeism. Mm -hmm. So those are two things to think about when we start talking about what you might think is this woo-woo connecting stuff. (laughs) It actually affects your bottom line. I have a quote in my book, Create Magic at Work, that talks about the selectively data-driven executive, where they only look at data that they're comfortable with. And it's because of these systems that we've been placed in that really what they do is they split us. They almost create a culture where we have to leave part of ourselves at home and not show up fully to the table as far as who we are as our authentic selves for fear of being judged or shamed, or we might say something that doesn't go along with what the leadership team wants us to say. So as an executive, I was always concerned about the disengaged employee at work who was on the payroll. What are they not doing while they're there? And an engaged workforce is a workforce that is making wise and compassionate decisions. It's a workforce that is aware that their worldview isn't the only worldview. It's a workforce that can find win-win solutions with opposing opinions in the room. There's some examples. And every example I just gave you are skills of spiritual intelligence and SQ for the workplace. Those are the skills that my clients work on. Whenever you mentioned, I think it was great for you to say, hey, before some of you think that this is all woo-woo things, it actually has an effect to the bottom line. Because sometimes we can feel that way. And I certainly know oftentimes men can feel that way. 
I'm not going to get into all that. I mean, we're going to have this super competitive workplace culture and we're just win at all costs type of thing. And that actually can really, in some cases, backfire to where then there's tension within team members fighting over sales, et cetera. The secrets that are kept and the silos. And if you encouraged collaboration and started rewarding that, how it would elevate your company if you're in a culture that like you just described, I've been there. Man, people do not share their best practices with each other. And how much more money could you make? How much more could you connect the individuals if they're collaborating and you're rewarding that instead? So true. At the time of this, like finding really good people is really difficult. Okay. And so I want you to talk about this both from the perspective of attracting top talent, but also retaining top talent, because it's one thing to be able to attract top talent, but then if it's top talent, you got to be able to keep them too. And so what are some of the things and the philosophies that you believe in that are important to both attracting and retaining A players? So I absolutely believe in putting dollars aside for corporate well-being, for employee well-being, corporate funding for employee well-being, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And literally making time to help skill build your entire team with emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence. It's one of the, I don't want to say it's the secret sauce, but it's definitely what I see that sets other teams apart from their competition. If I'm applying for a job and I see this company that has this amazing culture, they hear my voice, the leader has done their work and continues to do their work to be a leader that makes wise and compassionate decisions, a leader that tries to be an effective change agent, et cetera, et cetera. I want to work, get in line for that company versus this other company that just has this cutthroat competition and shuts people out and just says, go to your job. You're lucky to be here. And then pits people against each other. That's what's going to set you apart. And when you set time aside to do, I'll give you an example. I have a lot of activities that I share, but one that I like to share is you can do it on Zoom and it's journaling with your team. And basically all you do is you take some time aside to do some journal prompts. I actually authored a journal prompt card deck. So I'll I'll pull a card for your audience right now and I'll give you an example. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Audience. Okay, so this is cool. Do you know today when we're filming that or recording this today is giving Tuesday and the card I just, yeah, the card I just pulled is generosity out of a deck of 33. So you can do this with a team. We can do this together one-on-one you and I Bradley, right? So the affirmation is I celebrate the success of others, knowing there is plenty for us all. And then you just take your team and you say, okay, everybody rapid, write For five minutes, don't overthink it. We want to access our inner wisdom just rapid write, what is the kindest thing someone has done for you? Time for five minutes. Everyone rapid writes. Okay, time's up. Share with the group. Can you picture Steve doesn't like Dan and Dan gets on his nerves and then you're doing this activity and Dan comes on and shares something kind someone's done for him or he shows the humanity within him and Steve's like, oh, I didn't know that about him. And then Later on, he reaches out to Dan. Hey, do you need help with that project? Or Dan calls him with a question. He actually answers the phone because nobody knows, no leader knows their team's job more than the team, right? So 
as a leader, it frees you up to do your job as a leader. You don't have to take as many phone calls because the team starts talking to each other. And that's just the byproduct of doing a journaling exercise like this, as an example. I, I love it. <laughs> we'll tell people where they can actually pick up your card deck in just a little bit. So if they want to do that with their team, I was thinking back, have you ever heard of the book, The Truth About Employee Engagement, written by Patrick Lencioni? You ever read that book? No, that's a new one for me. So the title is Truth About Employee Engagement. It was previously, when he first released it back in 2005, was called The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. And at the end, all of his books, pretty much all of them are fables, stories. And he usually has one, two, or three main topics. Well, the point of that story is three things, the three signs of a miserable job. Well, one of them is irrelevance. And whenever you were talking about this example of going through that exercise, no matter how big your organization is, is that you connect with people on such a deep level that you get rid of irrelevance in the workplace so that they actually see each other as human beings on a team pushing towards a common goal. That's what, whenever you were given that story, made me think about that book and what he calls the three signs of a miserable job. I think it's fantastic. So for someone who hears this, because I'm trying to think about a business owners listening to us, cutting grass, driving home from work, they may say, yeah, okay, I get it. I understand the EQ. I've now been introduced to the idea of SQ, but here's the problem, Amy Lynn. I got goals to hit. We got numbers we got to hit this month, okay? I've got to finish the year out. I'll get to that stuff later, and that takes too long. What you're talking about is going to take too long. I don't have the patience to actually go through this process and do all this woo-woo stuff. I need to actually drive results, and I need to drive it today. Talk to us about that. If you really want me to answer it in the space I'm in right now, and it would tie into what we're talking about, I would say, take a deep breath and ask yourself if that's your ego rising up to stop you from making a real impact in the workplace. And this activity I just shared is one of many 10 minutes. I mean, that doesn't take very long. And really, if you have goals to hit, you should be doing this because I already shared companies with high employee engagement are 21% more profitable. If not more, this is the most valuable thing you can do. You just have to be vulnerable enough and courageous enough to try it. And it's not like, okay, so all my clients that go through the SQ experience with me, yeah, that's deep. That's 21 skills that you work on. Okay. It's deep in your work, but as a leader, you can start with just some fun activities, kick off a meeting, having everyone, we just had Thanksgiving here in the U.S., kick off a meeting with everyone sharing what they're grateful for. End a meeting that way. I like ending meetings with these connecting activities because nobody remembers your data or your numbers or all these Excel spreadsheets. They're going to remember how they felt when they left that meeting. I had this grueling, grueling quarterly business review with my team. It was lengthy. We ended the meeting around a bonfire, sharing our favorite quote or motivational passage. It was easy. I had my team vote on what their favorite activity was that we did out of the many. And they voted that that one was their favorite. And I was like, that sounds so easy. I don't even know if I want to put that in my book, but it hit me. The reason why they voted for that was they felt connected to each other. And then pre-pandemic lockdown, pre-COVID, I'm curious about the research now, but Harvard Business Review came out with research titled The Loneliest Workers in America. 
they found that loneliness in the workplace equated to the healthcare costs of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So think about your bottom line in that way, absenteeism at work, the disengaged employee, how much does that cost you? The employee that calls in sick, right? That all has a cost to your bottom line. And then add to that the ripple effect you're sending into the world as a leader. It's Mm. a win-win. And oftentimes the ripple effect are things that we won't even exactly be able to see. But as Steve Jobs says, you go and make a small dent in the universe. I want you to be able to specifically talk about what you call SQ, spiritual intelligence, because obviously we've mentioned it a couple of times. What is that exactly? And how is that similar, different to EQ in the workplace? Because I think we've heard of that more than we have SQ. Yeah. Okay. So I'm an SQ21 certified coach and SQ has been around for a while. Cindy Wigglesworth developed the 21 skills of SQ. And once I became an executive coach, then I discovered the 21 skills of SQ. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like cracking the code for leadership in the workplace. Like this is amazing. And her definition of spiritual intelligence is the ability to make wise and compassionate decisions while maintaining inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation. Yeah. (laughs) So it's uh, the ability to make wise and compassionate decisions while maintaining inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation. Dana Zohar is a philosopher and a physicist, and she's done a lot of work in the spiritual intelligence space. And she talks about, just to simplify it a little bit more, the ability to put your day-to-day concerns aside as a leader and operate from a big picture view. And that goes back to what I was talking about in the beginning of our recording here, which is, How can I put my ego aside and operate from my higher self more? That's SQ. And you get to SQ, this is arguable, by the way, you get to SQ by way of EQ. So in the adult development theory, you can really start expressing compassion for others. Your brain is in that place in about your mid-20s. Then when you hit your mid-30s, that's where you can start technically, I mean, we're human, there's all exceptions start really exploring SQ. So SQ is like, what are my values? What's my life purpose? Why am I here? What's the legacy I want to leave? Am I aware of my worldview? Am I aware of others' worldviews? Am I aware of my ego versus my higher self? Can I practice seeking guidance from my higher self? Can I practice operating from my higher self more? Because when I operate in that space, I talked about that leadership data that ripples out 10 times over, If I can start showing up from my higher self in a leadership space, it'll ripple out to my team and they'll start operating from their higher self more. It just hit me as you were talking there. I've heard it said that the most important conversation you have is the conversation you have with yourself every day. And I was thinking about that. That's my higher self, because even yesterday I was having this ongoing conversation with myself, like, what is wrong with me? Why am I in such a bad mood? This is stupid. You're going to have to snap out of it. Yesterday, I couldn't snap out of it, right? But I knew I was in a really bad place and I'm so confused. I was like, what? I shouldn't be in this place. But that's the higher self that you're talking about and making decisions being in that place. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's what it was coming from. Yeah, it's that place within you. So with SQ, it's faith neutral skill set. You can be agnostic. You can be atheist. As long as you believe there's a place within you that you can access that Mm -hmm. comes from wisdom, compassion, and love, 
your higher self. So it's almost like your higher self was having a conversation with your ego self. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what is going on here? And so then with clients, you can start saying, okay, what do you feel in your body? That's when you start noticing your ego is triggered. Well, my jaw clenches or I clench my fists or I feel this tightness in my stomach. Those are just some things that come back. Okay, what can you, what's your strategy? What can you do when you start feeling that way? Scientifically, you have about six seconds to notice when you're triggered before you can pull yourself fully out of that. So you don't go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) So there's one, the three, two, four breathing method. I don't know if you've heard that. That's a great strategy. You inhale for three seconds, you hold for two, and then you exhale for four. And when you do that, it opens up the neocortex in your brain a little bit more. So you feel a little more, okay, I'm getting back into flow. I'm getting back into this zone this ebb and flow of life where I'm operating from my higher self again. (sighs) My ego, go take a nap. You're cranky for no reason. We're not fight, flight, or freeze here. Our life isn't threatened. Like we're good. Or some people it might be, they need to go hit a punching bag or whatever. So, yeah. I love it. We're going to get into E9 rapid fire. Before we do that, people want to (laughs) connect with you. They want to pick up your book. They want to get back the cards that you mentioned. What is the best place you'd point them to and how can they connect with you? Best place is createmagicatwork.net. It has everything on my website there. It's .net. (laughs) And then if you connect with me on LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn. I'm under Amy Lynn Durham on LinkedIn. If you want to do the SQ experience with me, just direct message me. I can get you going. Or just if you have any questions in general, I love corresponding with everyone on LinkedIn. It's my favorite. That's awesome. I've got to improve on my LinkedIn. That's my (laughs) one platform I'm not on as much as I need to be. Last book that you read. Quantum Leader. My gosh, it's amazing. You've got to get it. It's Dana Zohar. She talks about quantum leadership and how we can move out of Newtonian management into a much, much better space. Yeah. Okay. I like new books that I've not heard of before. So I'm going to have to pick that one up. The book that you would recommend the most to other small business owners. Yeah. Well, since I'm the SQ coach, I'm going to recommend the seven spiritual laws to success. It's a game changer. I have a lot of clients that come to me that are like, yeah, I know all about emotional intelligence and they kind of have this like spiritual feeling, but they don't have anyone to talk to about it. And they've seen Tony Robbins and like you just said, Steve Jobs and all these other leaders. This is a great one. The seven spiritual laws to success, because it kind of helps you transition into accessing that field of abundance and pure potentiality that you can as a leader. It's Deepak Chopra. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure people (laughs) recognize that name. Since you mentioned it earlier, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote? Oh God, I have so many favorite quotes. I'm going to go back to, we're going to share my favorite quote today is Louise Hay, generosity, the card that came up. I celebrate the success of others knowing there is plenty for us all. That's an abundance mindset, abundance versus scarcity mindset. I love that. What's your favorite tech tool or app that you use every day? Tech tool or app that I use every day. Does it have to be work-related? No, 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 no. <laughs> because the thing that came to my mind is my pet cam. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I got a puppy during COVID. 
and he has separation anxiety from everyone going back to normal life in the office. And so I can literally check in on him on the camera and shoot him a treat while I'm working. And That's it's awesome. really like been a game changer. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. You're on a 10 hour flight anywhere in the world. Who would you love to sit next to and why? Ooh, oh my gosh, man, there's so many. You're killing me here. I would have to say either Dana Zohar, who I just mentioned, who wrote Quantum Leadership or Deepak. Those the two authors there, Deepak Chopra. Yeah, I want to tap into that. He talked about tapping into that abundance mindset. I mean, he's beyond like, I want some of that magic. <laughs> yeah. What did you learn the most about yourself during the pandemic? This is deep. I'll try to be deep and brief. I learned how to access my own inner wisdom more. I lost it during the pandemic and then I also got it back. It was quite a journey. When we experience traumatic events in our lives, sometimes we tend to run to experts to tell us what to do. And we don't take time to sit with our own inner wisdom to feel what's right for us. And that's a huge SQ skill. And it was an SQ failure. I don't like to call myself a failure. For me, is giving responsibility away to experts to make decisions for my life. And then getting that back all throughout those months was a big journey. I'm grateful for it. Your favorite place you've ever traveled to or been? <laughs> I've traveled a lot of places. Rio de Janeiro was a big one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Flew a helicopter around the Christ the Redeemer statue. That was a awe-inspiring moment. That is really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Fill in the blank. 10 years ago, I had no idea this would be so hard. That if I claimed to be an SQ coach, I would have to do the work myself. <laughs> and uh, it's hard work, <laughs> but it's very rewarding. Oftentimes, the problems that we solve for ourselves are the things that we're able to share with others. So, Yeah, absolutely. Grateful for the lesson, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? It's always make decisions and live from the paradox that your life is extremely profound and important and also a tiny piece of the history of the universe. And can you operate from that space? Awesome. Amy Lynn Durham, this has been a fantastic interview. I'd love to have you back on in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope we sent some magic and some great tips to everyone. I always take a few minutes after every episode, after we shut off the recording, to think about what is my really one, two, or three big takeaways from this episode. And I feel like for this one, it is intentionality. It's intentionality to create a culture of employee engagement. And that she gave some of the statistics around whenever you have a more engaged team and when you have a more engaged culture, how that absolutely goes down to the bottom line. And so when we're running around trying to hit numbers in meetings, and all of those things are important. Looking at financial reports, obviously, we've talked about that so many times, to use those to be able to make decisions. A lot of times we have to slow down. And we have to slow down. And as she was saying, think about the decisions we're making, put our ego aside, think about the decisions we're making from our higher self. And think about the long-term ripple effect. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, the lives that we live on earth are short, no matter how old you live to. And so what's the ripple effect that we have on the decisions? Unfortunately, I can look back on decisions I've made in organizations uh, spur of the moment. Somebody's just not working out and you cut them loose. And looking back on it, the reality was I had not done the work 
to number one, know whether or not that person was the right fit, but also to connect with them and get to know them as a human being and find what is their actual unique gifts. And maybe in the end, they might not have been the right person for the organization. Yes. But sometimes you have to learn the hard way. You have to pay the stupid tax or the dumb tax, as Keith Cunningham calls it. What I would like to add to this or to the discussion is think about engaging with your team on a quarterly basis. Obviously, she mentioned a few examples, things that you can do in weekly team meetings. She gave the example around journaling and make sure you go to her website and look at that. But also just how can you get out of the office on a quarterly basis with your team? If it's in Q4, you certainly have Thanksgiving and Christmas, things like that. Many of you may be doing with your team. But what about the other quarters? How are you intentionally engaging with them? Not to just go do a planning session, wrap around, work with it, but just to connect with them as human beings. And so maybe that's axe throwing. Maybe that's top golf. Maybe that's a painting class. There could be so many other ways for you to just connect and engage with your team. And as she said, a 21% increase in profitability and 41% less in absenteeism. In addition to Amy's book, which you can pick up on her website, the book that I mentioned in the episode itself, The Truth About Employee Engagement, a fable about addressing the three root causes of job misery written by Patrick Lencioni. As always, big shout out to our podcast sponsors, Club Capital, Coach P Consulting, Relevant Advantage, and Direct Clicks. Hey, let's make 2022 your best year yet. Work with the best. You have so many hats to wear. You can't be great at all of them. Work with those companies that can help train you and train and develop your team like Coach P Consulting. Make sure you go to coachpconsulting.com. And then for your marketing, go to directclicksinc.com to work on your SEO and your pay-per-click campaigns that you know that you need for 2022 to be able to get more leads and higher quality leads that actually convert to help you grow your business. And when you're ready to be able to have some customized marketing, promotional material that actually help you to stand out from the crowd, go to relevantadvantage.com. And of course, we wouldn't be able to have this podcast if it wasn't for our corporate partners with Club Capital. They are the largest accounting CFO services for insurance agency owners in the country, and they're the best at what they do. They'll be able to help you to have some analytics and numbers to be able to make better decisions in your business for 2022 and beyond. And we're grateful for all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time each and every week to be able to help us grow your business. And we're just grateful for you. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Would you do me a favor? The only cost of this podcast to you is to be able to leave a review and share it with you. Do that today. Until next episode, everyone, lead well.